Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. In the event of a real podcast, <laughs> the takes would be much worse and much louder. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm sorry for anybody who was scared in a car. Uh, we just spent a good amount of time prepping for this episode because we have a brand new little uh, mixer that we uh, decided to upgrade to. We almost had another situation where we <laughs> lost an entire episode. Almost. Almost. So close. And uh, funny thing about three and a half hours in a basement with two guys that you already see for like 10 hours a week. It, uh, it'll push you. It'll push you to just make those upgrades that you've been talking about for a long time. So thank you to uh, all of our Patreon supporters um, and our sponsors. You guys are the ones uh, who are able to make this happen. Evan. Yes. How are you doing, man? I'm still tired from the meetup. <laughs> you I'm can't good. use it. No, no, no. You can't use that two episodes in a row. I'm sorry. What if I am, though? He could. Pro- he'll probably milk this for a month. Are you actually still tired from the meetup? I don't know. I think I'm like stuck in this weird time warp right now because it feels like that was months ago. Ah, okay. Uh, Brad, before I read out our sponsorship, uh, you have some exciting news. I do? Yeah. Oh, right. I do. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yeah. uh, Fun fun little quirk without getting into the full story. Uh, Not sure if it's 100% confirmed yet, but I should be playing my first professional hockey game tomorrow. Brad's getting his own elite prospects page. Woo! We are trolling the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. I welcome, know it's coming. I already said welcome to the Winged Wheel podcast, but I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. I'm Evan. Uh, this episode of the Winged Wheel podcast is, of course, sponsored by Labatt Blue. Uh, celebrate with Labatt Blue and the Detroit Red Wings all season long. That's what we want you to be doing, uh, even in kind of crummy losses to the Anaheim Ducks. We'll talk about that later. Uh, find your specially designed cases of Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light at your local retailer to hashtag on with Labatt Blue. Um, Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light, official Canadian beers of the Detroit Red Wings. Delivered to you by your favorite official Canadian commenters. Not official. Canadian commenters on the Detroit Red Wings. An official sponsor of Philip Ronick Clap Bombs. <laughs> they are indirectly, yeah. Uh, congratulations, Labatt. We just made you the sponsor. I've watched that gif a million times. Some, I think it was Mick was like, yeah, he didn't get a lot on that. I'm like, no, he put exactly what he wanted on that because he put it back towards the outside. So the... I see what Mick's getting at on that one because if you actually watch it, the puck flutters. doesn't have that. It flutters to the net, but when you look at the type of curve and blade Heronic uses, he's not going to get many perfect spirals, as I was talking about with that square toe and the weird blade he uses. The uh, I j- But I think he was okay with that because he saw Gibson moving towards the center of the net, and then he yeah. was like, oh, no, I'm putting this back over his opposite shoulder. And he still gets a lot on it. Oh, he does. Just because the puck's not in a tight spiral, it's not like a football where – it automatically turns into a duck. It was a cannon. That thing was an yeah. absolute rocket. I could not stop watching that. Speaking of uh, sticks, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jake, messaged me and said, you ever notice Zadina's tape job? Or not Zadina, um, Heronix's tape job? And I was like, um, no, uh, I kind of remember it being funny, like maybe one strip. He zoomed in on it. I'm pretty sure there's no tape on that stick. I'm almost positive there's no tape on Heronix's stick. I Like, it could be crazy. It could be weird. Is there like a Twitter account or something that keeps track of this? I don't know. I'm going to look this up and I'm maybe I'll if I find the picture, I'll put it I'll overlay it on the episode. Players tape jobs like that's like one of my weird things that I enjoy. Look at that picture. 
Is there any tape on that stick? Let me see. Can that, I zoom in on this? Yeah, uh, yeah, you should be able to. I'm pretty sure he maybe he like sands it or does some kind of like grip like uh, adhesive on it. Now, was this in warm up or was this was during the game. the game? That was during the game. That was during the game. I'm pretty sure Philip Ronick has no tape on his stick. That's weird. I'm gonna find see if I can't find another picture just to to further confirm. But uh, God, even looking at that blade gives me anxiety. How does he play hockey with that? With the square toe blade? And just even look at the weird curve and the lie. It's weird. I liked it. I loved using a square toe blade. Man, as a defenseman, that is a really weird lie, though. It's like a rocking chair. What's the point of having a square toe blade if so much of your blade is off the ice at all times? So this is a picture from last year. And if you look closely, you can kind of see he starts it like literally over the curve of the heel. So his entire blade might just be tape. Mm. Uh, on this episode of the Wayne Wheel Podcast, we are, of course, going to talk about the Red Wings game. Sorry, here's a crystal clear picture for you for what he does. Oh, so he just tapes the whole thing. The every last inch of that blade That's is black tape. That's a dad tape job. That so is it's the opposite. 100% of it. Any, If you go past the curve on the heel, and I want to ask this of our listeners who play hockey, why? I don't. I don't get it. Everything up to the curve in the heel makes sense because you might handle the puck with that. One part time of the we taped an entire guy's a guy's entire stick, <laughs> <laughs> like five minutes before warm up. Uh, you go just past the curve in my mind, like just to the very top of the curve, because when you're skating around, like that curve is what's knocking against the ice repeatedly, and that'll wear down, right? Yeah, I'm sure he's really concerned about the uh, yeah the, 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 the cost benefit analysis he he gets from his sticks. <laughs> and, and also, these are professional players. The you can tape every six minutes of ice time you play or just grab a brand new stick with a brand new tape job that's probably what he does uh we're going to be talking about the red wings uh game against the ducks uh injuries and return from injuries uh the age-old debate that you guys are eventually going to get sick of which is offside reviews um some call-up controversy 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 uh people aren't thrilled about uh the call-ups that we talked about last episode and uh Maybe just a little another another little shout out to Luke Glendening. And then we'll talk about what's going on in the rest of the league. Uh, the Canucks, for example. Good things happening in Buffalo. Bad things happening in San Jose and New Jersey. Um, and then we'll get into overtime. And before we get started, little note. Because I know most of you will be listening to this tomorrow due to our schedules. We are recording this before the game against the Canadians. Even yeah. though most of you will listen to this after the game against the Canadians. Yeah, we like to... Uh, we're, we're trying to experiment with the best time to go for the midweek episode. Um, with Thursday night might mean Friday morning, and I, we want you guys to have some more time to listen to this episode. Of course, you, I know a lot of you go back and catch up, which is awesome. It's what we want everyone to do, but I think maybe uh, earlier in the day, Thursdays would be better. So Yeah, you let us know what works for you, because Sundays will never change, but we could tinker with Wednesdays or Thursdays. Yeah. Also, uh, let us know about the audio on this episode. Uh, this new device is awesome and it's like legitimately doing everything we want it to do. Uh, but as we fine tune any of the settings, uh, you guys let us know if there's anything that needs to be changed or updated. We are, uh, an in-house production studio. It's giving me great anxiety. Yeah, we don't, (laughs) we unfortunately don't have, uh, the, the luxury of a production house or a producer or anyone to kind of help us with this. And so we do it all on our own. There's any uh audio engineering school people were willing to work for free let us know no we are not doing unpaid interns (laughs) save yourselves it's only an unpaid intern if you label it as an unpaid intern nope brad this i much prefer the term volunteer brad brad does not speak (laughs) brad no brad does speak uh brad you got slapped at the meetup did we talk about that 
Yeah, Jen went for it. She really didn't though. It was like a it was a polite slap. She's like, "How hard should I slap him?" I was she like, was just milking Rohan for fifty bucks, and honestly, I'm here for it. Yeah, honestly, uh, the Red Wings played the Anaheim Ducks. Quick recap on that game: first two periods were a huge snooze fest. Anything that exciting that happened quickly ended in John Gibson is the best goalie in hockey right now. I will I still think, make that argument. Um, although Carter Hart, <laughs> Carter is, Hart. That had that phenomenal save against New Jersey. Carter Hart Trophy. Ah. Oh, stop it. There, for, uh, There's my spoiler for the predictions episode. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. That's Carter gonna... Hart for the... for. I will give you 10 to 1. You put down any money, I'll pay you at 10 to 1 if you want. 10 to, to 1. That. You're only going to give me 10 to 1 on a rookie goalie for the heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you want? How much... What do you want me to give you? What odds? Oh my god, that's got we got it's got to be four digits. Four four digits. Hey, it's car it's a Holy. Okay. It's forget a, Carter Hart, forget how hard it is to win that award. This is a goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers. I will give you 500 to 1 if you put money down. Put 5 bucks on that. You put five bucks no, on that? Of course not. <laughs> I'd put five bucks on that. That's yeah, easy. I'd, you won't think that's about a ridiculous. That. I, of course I would. Those odds are insane. <laughs> yeah, I'd put five hundred. I'd, I'd put it five bucks on anything. I don't think I could afford a twenty five hundred dollar payout to you, boneheads. Um, yeah, the the Red Wings were stymied by uh, John Gibson most of the night. Phil Peronic did end up beating him uh, uh, three times on one shift. Yes, uh, third post of a shift. Like, legitimately all in the same sequence. It's not like the puck even left the zone. Um, not only that, the uh, it was like the fifth or sixth post of the game by, by the time it was all said and done. He did end up beating him legitimately with like two or three seconds left in the second period. It was the most exciting thing to happen in the game for the Red Wings. Um, those first two periods, Red Wings did look like a, the better team, although I would call it the less bad team. Watching that game was like watching the Red Wings and the Ducks play hockey right now. That was the only. That's the best way to describe it. Truly, it was really kind of choppy, grindy, crappy hockey. No one really looked on. Even the the Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha line, like they had their moments, but at the same time, they just kind of looked. Everyone looked dull out there. Um, the goal at the end of the second, I thought, would give the team a lot of energy, and they came out in the third uh, with another goal. It was a legitimate Mantha to uh, Bertuzzi, who had a, a very good deke. Um, pulled an inside out and then put it to, well, he got a shot on and then ended up redirecting it to Larkin who put it in. It got challenged right away for offside An offside review brought back the Red Wings goal. Brad. That directly hurts my fantasy team. Yes, it did. Brad, it was objectively offside. By how much, Ryan? Doesn't matter. By how much, Ryan? I don't know. A couple centimeters. Okay. Here's the question I'm going to legitimately ask you. Did it impact the play? Yeah, because it went offside. Ryan. <laughs> Got him. If if he's... His mouth, like, uh, stuttered there. Like, he was ready to hit me. <laughs> if that play break, player breaking into the zone was 0.01 seconds slower getting in there, does that goal not happen? But he wasn't. Ryan. He wasn't, though, Brad. You're, you need to be a politician the way you're dodging this question. I, I applaud you for that. But he, he, I get it. It sucks. But imagine being a Ducks fan and it's game 82 and they call that a goal. And then they go back and they say, you see that Mantha was offside. They should have called him offside. Do you know what we didn't have before these video reviews? Super slow-mo, high-def images of plays that look to be 
basically on side. There's a reason. It's not even that high def. It's like 720. Personally, I blame science. Yeah, science is. Thanks for nothing, science. But here's my thing. Remember before offside reviews were a thing. People can only ever remember the Matt Duchesne and the Danny Breer offsides goals because they were offside by three feet. Sorry, if, the, the what goals? Matt Duchesne and Danny Breer. The, and what was the ruling on those goals? Oh, they were the objectively wrong call. No, no, but like what was the call that was being made? Like you, you said, like there's icing, there's penalties. What were you saying? Offsides? No, stop it. Stop. We're not doing this. Offside. Listen. Offside. It's not up for debate. Offside. Not offsides. It's not offsides. It might be in other sports. Don't cite the NFL at me. I don't care. That's not what this is. In hockey, in the NHL, it's offside. Offside. One side, it's off. Stop Ryan, it. I agree with you fully on that point, but I'm going to use offsides until you agree with me that the challenge is stupid. I don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It. It's just one. Ugh. Then my fantasy team name will remain the offsides until further notice. And the the kicker is you can say like the word offsides does come up because we're discussing offsides right now. We're not discussing offside. We're discussing Singular, offsides. All yeah. of them. Cumulative. But then people just like misconstrue that as the ruling. And I'm just yeah. like, God, it's not hard. <laughs> it's really not hard. It's very simple. It's but it's offsides. Uh, offside is a legal play. Offsides is anyone that goes to review. Oh, I hate you so much. There, it, there's no rationale behind it, but that's objectively what I'm going with from now on. <laughs> it's like when people say, oh, you're biased. No, you're biased. You have bias. You are biased. You have bias. Offside. We should get a sponsorship with Hooked on Phonics. We should get a sponsorship with like Spark Notes or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was by like a millimeter or two. It was very frustrating. I do hate myself for for where I align on this because I can see how everyone is making a very fair point of it wasn't called in the moment and it didn't impact the play. However, I also know the fallacy of we didn't used to do it this way before, so why did we start now? It doesn't exactly hold on in a lot of other ways, and I don't feel comfortable applying it here. What about this? If you have to zoom in, it's inconclusive. No, because that just means arenas are going to install shitty cameras. No. Yeah, but then your team could also be one third on of the, the time. Wa- yeah, one third of the time, right? One third of the time because you're only. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So periods. Yeah, you right. can be. The, you can make that smart. In the NHL, there's no reason why they shouldn't have at least 1080p, 60 frames per second cameras everywhere they use a camera. It blows my mind that they do not. I get it's hard to push over the air, so I'm not saying 4K, but like it, you're a nine billion dollar industry. Install the damn cameras. I know why they don't. Because those cameras are expensive, and if you need a 1080p camera to see if a player's foot is off the ice or not, it didn't impact the play. Yeah, that's why you're not allowed to zoom in. You're big on the spirit of the rule, okay? You I'm team chaos more than anything. Brad's a baseball guy. He's very there for the tradition. Yeah. I'm not tradition. I'm here for entertainment. Watching challenges and having beautiful goals like that one called back is not entertaining. But then I'm also of the mindset of... I am very pro. If the puck hits the netting, it counts as still in play. Like I want to see people. No, no. It'll never happen because of safety, and I yeah. get that. But man, I would love to see a guy just put a fifty-foot high dump in and just have it bounce back over the goalie's head. Wonder if anyone's gone through like old, old his like historical goals, like high importance goals, and checked how many have been upside. <laughs> That's an exercise in futility. Only, you don't want that. There are some maniacs no, out there. No, people have done it. 
the only one that like of significant goals where it was blatantly offside uh, was Bob Nystrom's OT goal that won the Islanders the cup. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember if it was that play that was offside or the play before it, but it w- there was an offside that wasn't called right around that. Is there? And a- again, if there's reviews, one of the most iconic plays in hockey history is gone, just as an aside. But um, I, I can't remember with all the rule changes where everything landed, but is there a um, statute of limitations on when a play can, like how far back you can go for a play? Is it just like the entire play between whistles? For an offside? Yeah, that you can uh, challenge? As soon as, it, as soon as it enters the zone. If it leaves the zone again and goes back in, okay, you're yeah, good. Yeah, that's where we're at. But if it, so in theory, remember that uh, shift in the preseason where the Leafs held Hicketts and Lindstrom in their own zone for three and a half minutes? Yes, yeah. They could have scored and had it called back from something that happened three and a half minutes before that. I, I, I think that's a step in the right direction. I would like to see them move with a little bit more subjectivity. So say uh, Mantha entered the zone and then he lost the puck to Richie or something, and then Bertuzzi won the puck back and gave it to Larkin. They shouldn't be able to challenge that in yeah, my mind. Yeah, I, I want the challenges gone, but if it, they are going to stay, that's the amendment I want. If the other team gains possession at any point, it negates it. You had your chance to just fire it down the ice to get rid of a bad situation if you had to. Or Any- some sort of time decay factor. Yeah. You know, 30 seconds later, I don't think that offside really affected the goal. But then if it was like exactly 30 on the dot, if it was 31 or 29.8. Get the quantum w- clock out. We'll That's right. Down to like 12 digits. That's right. We'll get the uh, the the score the timekeeper from L.A. over here. I could uh, be wrong, but I think there are statute of limitations on some of the new reviews like the glove pass and whatnot. I'll just get rid of it, to be honest. Thank you. Stop. Evan, Look at my- the can of worms this opens. Evan, you're my favorite now. Um, yeah, Athanasiu's first game. I thought he looked good with Hiroshi. I think nobody looked particularly amazing on that team, but I think uh, we saw a lot of what we wanted to between the two of them. Um, Athanasiu aided Hiroshi's game more than the other direction, but that's to be expected because Athanasiu is quite obviously the more talented player. Um, it's also quite apparent that Athanasiu is playing far beyond his league right now in terms of his line mates. But... It's funny because Hiroshi is very talented and deserves a lot of kudos and praise for how he stepped into this league. And Luke Lendenning is just playing for what he's being asked to do. Great hockey in my mind. He's working his absolute butt off. He's very responsible defensively. He's winning puck battles and he's getting like, – he, he's not making any costly turnovers. Does he finish plays? No, absolutely not. You're never going to expect him to be a shooter except for when he is or like his huge playmaker. But – by all rights, considering what the Red Wings have, he's doing fine on that second line. Um, now, is he doing fine on the second line by NHL standards? No, 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 no. no. But compare, would he be doing? Would any of the six players playing behind him in that lineup be doing better right now? No, absolutely not. No, yeah, and that, that's the exact point. Um, yeah, I thought Athanasiu looked okay out there. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to shake off the rust. Uh, he did have an assist on the Hironical. Uh Mike Green. Looked terrible. He's looked bad, objectively bad, every single game this year. He has for some time now. Uh, this isn't new. No, I'm not even going to say that, though, because last year he looked like a disaster in his own zone for most of the season, but he was bringing a good offensive element. I haven't even seen a shadow of that this year. That's the difference. He, he his uh, we used to say Mike Green's a liability in the defensive zone, and people would say, "Well, he's good with the breakout." 
And you look and you're like, no, he's actually not good with the breakout anymore. He's not a good puck carrier out of the zone anymore. I counted four times in the first two periods yesterday or the uh, during the game where he just his breakout wasn't even just like a resulting in a turnover. He flat out just passed the puck to Anaheim. Like it was just a straight pass to Anaheim. Not to count all the other ones that were just failed exits. If that's your only responsibility on a with top four minutes, man, uh, his regression line is hitting him how you would expect his regression line to hit him, which I think a lot of people don't want to admit right now. Mike Green's trade value is tanking in my mind. He's also he's also in his mid thirties and coming off a very serious illness that affected him for basically a year. So can we fault him for it? No. No, this is not an easy situation for him, but at the same time, this is the NHL. Either put up or get out, so... Yeah, you have to find something to make it work. Yeah. That being said, I I don't think he was base, like I don't think he was hampering his line mates too, too much, as much as anyone else on the ice was hampering the entire team, because again, up and down this lineup, there isn't exactly a depth of talent. Uh, we had that those call-ups last episode where Svechnikov came up, uh, Kuffner got called up, Kasky got called up, and uh, Biega, after being traded for and then sent down, was called back up. Kuffner and Kasky were promptly sent back down when Athanasiu was deemed ready to play. Like 12 hours later. Yeah, and Svechnikov and um, Biega have sat in the press box since. Now let's chat about that because some people are very frustrated by it. It looks like Svechnikov won't go tonight. Uh, we might we'll, We might finish recording just before that game starts tonight. Um, well, the Red Wings posted their projected lineup, and neither of them were in it. Yeah. Now, here's my thinking. Do we want to see uh, Andre Svechnikov? I tweeted this out, and Sarah Siv quotes all that. <laughs> Evgeny Svechnikov. Do we want to see Evgeny Svechnikov play? Of course. Of course we do. I'm very excited to see what he can do in an NHL lineup. This year is an essentially, ah, screw it. This is a sandbox year. Nothing matters. But he just is coming back now from reconstructive ACL surgery. He's not 100%. There's still a lot of soreness. There's still a significant amount of swelling. There's a lot of rust. I'm not too upset that he hasn't played yet. Easing him in isn't the worst thing in the world. And even if that's not why they're doing it, who cares? The guy makes 70 grand a year when he plays in the AHL, and he makes, what, like 800000 when he's up being called up? This he's, is true. He's making 10 times his daily salary by sitting in the press box. I'm sure he's fine with it. Uh, someone even mentioned the one point because I was admittedly frustrated by it. Because if you're going to call a guy up to sit in the press box, call a veteran up. Because if you want to go from the salary standpoint, well, you generally tend to favor the veteran because he has less earning potential in his future future than a young guy does. And also, there is no more development for a veteran at that point, like a Matt Ford or whoever. Uh, whereas there is for Suchnikov, but someone pointed out um, that when he got called up, Grand Rapids was in a big, big gap of no games. Yeah. So apparently Grand Rapids has a game tomorrow night. So someone's saying, well, yeah, he'll be back in Grand Rapids for tomorrow and playing. And if that is true, then I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, the kid just got a salary bump and rested his knee a little bit and didn't miss a game in GR. I'm fine with that. But if he's not then this is dumb. But it's not even just about the salary bump, too. It's like practicing with the team, like yeah. getting used to the team. I'm sure their plan long-term is to have Evgeny Svechnikov make the team full-time. Yeah, And I'm sure true. Eiserman wants to do that sooner rather than later, especially with Nielsen going down with that injury. Like They probably had to accelerate their plan a little bit, and maybe this is a lead into it. So 
yeah, it, it depends on how these next few games go. Again, Grand Rapids doesn't play until a lot of you will be listening to this episode, which is Friday, October 11th uh, against Milwaukee. It's in Grand Rapids, and so it wouldn't be too far of a drive for him. So we'll see. Um, excited to see him play. Biega's Biega. I, I've had some Vancouver people tweet at me and say, like, no, don't discount him. Like, he's, you know, I said he doesn't move the needle. I still kind of maintain that. This isn't a needle-moving trade. It's more just for bodies. Not to discount the player. He, he could be impactful as, like, a, a third-pairing guy. But they Vancouver fans love him. They were uh, really sad to see him go. Someone described him as just older Joe Hicketts. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's that's it. It seems like it. He's older Joe Hicketts and a little bigger. It's fine. By like an inch, yeah. I was like, he's much taller Joe Hicketts, and I looked it up, and he's an inch taller. I'm he's like, only 5'9"? Joe Hicketts is 5'8"? I think so. I Man. think Joe Hicketts is either my size or smaller. They have him listed 5'10 somewhere, and I was like, that seemed wrong. No, that's objectively wrong. I've stood yeah. in the same room as Joe Hicketts. I'm definitely taller, and I can't say that about a lot of people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Red Wings lost that game. It didn't turn out well after that goal ca- got called back. Uh, Anaheim just went down the ice and started to capitalize on the costly turnovers that have been happening for all 60 minutes of every Red Wings game, and they ended up winning, what was it, 3-1? 3-1. Which sucked. Uh, that was a lot of what we're going to see this year. That game itself. Anaheim didn't play particularly well, and they still came out ahead. That's not a good benchmark. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's okay, because we're more focused on the fun goal that Larkin almost scored, or did score, but then before it got called back, and that Heronic blast. Heronic looked great in my mind. Heronic, I want to talk about Heronic, because I think I mentioned it in passing last episode, but I really want to call attention to the fact that I've not seen a defenseman in a long time for the Red Wings have the ability to just get himself in a prime shooting position as much as Heronic does. He does. He is far from stationary in the offensive zone. He is always looking to find that soft spot on the ice and that passing lane so that he can just be there to tee up. We saw it. Uh, the, I, I remember it very clearly in the last game of the season last year against Buffalo. He would just literally circle back out into the neutral zone and then come in a million miles an hour on the other wing like, Stick literally waving in the air. He's so jacked up to shoot. Um, he did it against the game we were at Dallas and obviously getting, you know, three scoring chances on one shift against Anaheim is a perfect example of it. He just, he gets it. And that's not a skill you can teach. You either know what to do or you don't. And he seems to do no way more than any Red Wings defenseman has in a long time. Yeah. Um, he is definitely poised to move up into that Red Wings best defenseman on the team territory. Oh, he is. We're four games in, three games in. It's him. Nobody's held a candle to him on that blue line yet. Cholosky. Uh, I've, I've liked Cholosky's game. I will say it looks improved from last year. Less dynamic offensively, but more responsible defensively, which truthfully is probably what the coaching staff asked. He's going through a very reasonable progression right now. And I think yeah. we're expecting meteoric from Cholosky because that's how he kind of broke into the scene. But he's going through the paces kind of in a more granular way right now. It's a little piece by piece. Because right, he's still making the same kind of defensive lapses, just not as often. And you can see him correct for them even in-game. Um, he won't panic and just bounce the puck off the backboards to an opponent anymore. Yeah. Um, or if he fails on a breakout, he's not going to try the same thing twice and get burned twice the same way in one game. Um, but it's not the same way where he broke onto the scene, which is with like a goal in his first game and was an offensive dynamo, et cetera, et cetera. But that tends to happen when you're working on your defensive game, your offensive game tends to stutter a little bit, but 
it's not doesn't go away permanently ideally you can then become a little bit more comfortable like we said as nhl defensemen uh grow they get those reps that hockey iq becomes a little bit more natural in how they apply to the game then they can start to make those offensive plays a little bit more uh comfortably and knowing that they can get back or knowing that they're covered or knowing where they are positionally um you're going to see that from Hronik still. You're going to see that from Cholosky still. You're going to see that from Sider when he comes up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, around the league, there was a really cool ceremony that uh, the Canucks had. They named Bo Horvat captain, and I just love the way that they did that. Yeah, it would have been so cool if, you know, Detroit did anything like that. But anyways, <laughs> it felt like a personal insult to yeah. Red Wings fans who want Larkin as a captain right now. Yeah, so the Canucks did their player intros, but mixed in with the player intros, they brought out like a star from the team from every decade that it's existed. Todd Bertuzzi came out for the 2000s. Kirk McLean came out for the 90s. Stan Smeal came out for the 80s, which I thought was a neat touch. And then... They introduced all the captains group from the team. And this is obviously just a playback for anybody who missed it because it's worth going back and watching if you haven't. And then all the captains came out. So the three assistant captains came out and then Horvat came out last. <laughs> and Horvat came out with an A on his jersey, to which I think everybody, including myself, was like, what the hell is going on? And then they did a little video tribute on the scoreboard to Henrik Sedin, the last captain of the Canucks, and... Oh, I'm drawing a blank on their first captain's team name. I think it starts with an O. Oh, I can't remember. But either way, the first captain of the Canucks, those two came out and there was this video about what, you know, the C means. And so they just brought out the puck for the, or walked out to center ice on the carpet. And then it just went silent. And the announcer was talking about, you know, what it means to be a Canucks captain. And then just went, would Bo Horvat please skate to center ice? And like everybody just lost it. It was perfect. I know Bo, Bo Horvat knew. Oh, he had to. They had his jersey ready and everything. But wouldn't it have been cool if he didn't know? Yeah, cheese. Yeah. Now we can one-up them. Yeah. Yeah, now the Red Wings know how to one-up. We like, can surprise Larkin. <laughs> can you imagine Larkin's genuinely surprised? And in that moment, we all realize, oh, no, he's kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. Uh, it was way back. Drew Doughty was talking. Like, when Drew Doughty really broke into the league as uh, one of the league's best defenseman and uh he made a lot of smart plays at the time and everyone's like yeah he's a really intelligent defenseman and then they did an interview with him and he's just like a classic hockey player like dumb as rocks he's like like uh do you like fly fishing he goes what's fly fishing it's like is that like when you uh you uh, uh fish out of a helicopter <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened oh my god i love your daddy though i love it too don't i you don't you besmirch my my troll son the the Doughty Kachuk rivalry is so much fun. It is. The NHL needs more of it. We have two legitimate player rivalries in the NHL right now between Evander Kane and Ryan Reeves and Matthew Kachuk and Drew Doughty. And I'm here for every second of it. Kane and Reeves is good. They actually hate each they other. They hate each other. Sure. And they try to beat the hell out of each other. But you know why Kachuk and Doughty is a better one? Because they're both star players in this league. Yeah. And that's what we need. And not every player has to hate each other. But you know what's boring? Good old Canadian boys. Hockey interviews couldn't be any worse. And uh, yeah, I know they're, uh, they're good players. You don't uh, you don't have the success that they did without uh, being a good player. So we have to respect that. And uh, we're just going to do our best to shut them down. We know Sid's uh, one of the best in the world. And um, so it, and, uh, get pucks deep, roll four lines. It's <laughs> nice to someone have some actual sound bites for yeah. once. Yeah. What it, well, I mean, <laughs> telling the uh, opposing uh, fans 
to uh, suck your D is probably a little bit spicier than the NHL hey, would like right now. They paid for those seats. They want to be entertained. They want to chirp <laughs> players. That's what you're going to get. You know, if that was me and he said that to me, I'd be like, this is the best game I've ever been to. Oh, 100%. I would have been like... I you're going to throw my... chirps at pro athletes who are objectively the best chirpers in the world. Yeah. You got to be ready for to get some back. Yeah. The the whole... The, the Fuhrer when... Um, like all the the anger when Matthews did that thing to Sabrine or Sabrin. Yeah. Everyone's like, that's so disrespectful, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I'm God. like, that was a hilarious chirp. You know, and he like uh Sabrin handled it well. He was like, I thought it was funny. And he scored. He scored. He got a contract out of it. And uh for everybody who's played hockey, they know this is everything all the Matthews controversy, the Doughty Kachuk, this is just a f- hair on of in the overall scheme of things, like when you get down to ice level and bench level and like the chirping that's going on oh. off the mics on the ice. Oh my God. Every player in the league would be fined at least three times. A that's season. why we'll never have unta- uh, uncensored no. pay-per-view type games. Yeah. People have been talking about that. Like, yo, can we get live mic games? Cause I think the CFL has been doing it. You could never do it in hockey. Never. Apparently, uh, you know how they do mic up some of the NHL players, right? Well, apparently there's a bunch. I don't know. I can't remember who they were, who I heard. Yandel. Uh, yeah. And it'd it was be Keith like, Yandel. They'd like purposely say like messed up things so that they couldn't like get a sound <laughs> bit out of them. They'd be like in like scrums back. Oh, yeah. Like I'm going to like bang you in the ass or something <laughs> like that. Like who wants to bang me? <laughs> and obviously the sound guys would be like the guys who are listening would be dying. Yeah, uh, it was, like if I would see, I would love that because I would never get upset about listening to those things. But I can understand why they never want a general guys, broad audience to listen in. <laughs> the guys in the truck are just having the best day ever when Yandel's mic'd up. <laughs> I want to, uh, if anyone's listening who works for the league, I know we have some people who work for the Red Wings and the Griffins who listen. So if anyone works for the NHL, tell your boss this: I will pay triple for NHL TV if it comes with no commentators. And on ice mics. I could almost afford that if you give me that 500 to 1 bet. You know I what? I almost afford it. <laughs> I don't even need on ice. Just put them on the benches. It's all I need. Yeah. Just it's all I need. Pick a random roulette. Don't mic up every player. Random roulette. One player gets mic'd up. It's completely computer generated who gets picked. And they get everything they say gets put through the mics no matter what. Dude, even in that um, the first exhibition game I played with the senior A team. I there was times I was laughing so hard I didn't know if I was gonna be able to compose myself for the next shift. <laughs> it's so good, and these are low level idiots. Could you imagine years of hard dedication? Oh man, Sean Avery used to do research. He would text guys to find out everything he could about a player and just go all in on it. Uh, one the funniest thing that anyone's ever said to me is I went up against the boards like butt first. And one guy, the guy's leaning over the boards, and they were like particularly high boards. We were playing in like Niagara or something. The guy leans over, he goes, Oh my God, that kid's tiny, but look at the ass on him. (laughs) I'm I'm there with the fuck. Like, how do I even respond to that? I actually started laughing on the ice. Oh, well, uh, you know how I'm not a tall dude now, but like when I was growing up, I was. You were taller. Oh, no. Even shorter than I was now relative to my teammates. Like, my growth spurt was actually substantial so just think of how hilariously small i would have been back then yes and uh i got just inundated with like daycare jokes and kindergarten (laughs) jokes and what are you doing here kid (laughs) (laughs) your practice starts at nine or whatever it was i wasn't ready for that 
I was taking a drink. Oh, and you can't like you can't get mad at it. It's funny. Um, let's chat a little bit about what's going on around the league. Um, James Neal. James, he scored as many goals this season as Milan Lucic did last season. Yeah, the Oilers have won a one a one for one trade decisively. That that you know how they've won the trade. Calgary beat writers are now putting out articles like. Yeah, both teams got what they were hoping for out of this trade. Neil scoring goals and Milan Lucic is fighting, guys. That's how you know they won the trade because they're trying to justify it. They're doing anything they can. How were you a beat writer for a team that has as good amount of years of being bad and underperforming and being so dishonest with yourself and your readers? Because you don't need to be honest? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're trying to appease the organization so they continue to allow you in the room. Yeah, but you know what? There's so many guys who do it the right way, and it's just like, no, everyone from day one knew that was a bad trade. Everyone now, it's apparent. We have we didn't we had to wait three games into the season to see that that was a bad trade. It was a bad trade. It was a stupid trade. And True Living isn't a chump. I like him. I think he's a good GM, and he's made a lot of good moves, but he's not perfect, as is apparent. He got fleeced by Ken Holland. <laughs> and again, that's not a knock at Ken Holland. I think Ken Holland has had his fair share of not good trades, but also his fair share of really good trades. The return he got for Tomas Tatar, for example, a first, second, and a third. Thank you for Joe Valeno and Robert Mastrosimone. We will see who comes next. I think the return he got for Nick Jensen was good. The return he got for Brendan Smith was excellent. The return he got for Mil- – sorry. The phrase, the return he got for Milan Lucic, inherently applies that he traded Milan Lucic, which in and of itself should win him GM of the year. That contract <laughs> was considered completely unmovable. It like, should have like, been. Uh, there was his contract and then nobody else else for like 50 spots on the list. 100% should have been. Perfect example of how recency bias can screw everybody. James Neal scored 20 plus goals in every single season of his NHL career, but one. And after that one season, they have to unload him. And all of a sudden he's on pace for a little more than 20 but he'll probably settle around there and Milan Lucic has not scored yet but he's got two fights Ryan he's got two fights now this is in a in and of itself a positive because i truly believe the Calgary Flames are better when Milan Lucic is sitting in the penalty box <laughs> i was wondering where you were going to go because cuz remember a 5 minute major doesn't put them shorthanded it just takes him off the ice for five minutes. You know, I heard some very sound arguments to how Milan Lucic could possibly be not as big of a hindrance in a different situation. I didn't believe them. And they were presented in such a way that said, look, this isn't likely. But you look at what he was doing before, how he contributed on the ice wasn't exactly like he's not going to be a huge point contributor. He's not going to be a big goal scorer. He's not going to set up plays, but he can do those little things. And those don't have to go away as he ages. Um, and they just basically just twisted themselves sideways to try and like demonstrate how Milan Lucic could be good. And I, I, they were fair arguments to make. I didn't agree with them. I don't even think the people who are making the arguments agreed with them. Um, but they were fair. That same level of, you know, let's be fair here. This thing could turn around for this guy was never applied to James Neal. And it's just like, he was shooting at half his shooting percentage 
all of a sudden, like you said, he scored 20 goals a year every year, and all of a sudden he shot at half of his shooting percentage for a full year. You're telling me you expect that guy to continue just be to be half as good of a shooter as he used to be? Your shooting percentage, percentage, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't decline that drastically in one year. And even if it does, you know what a great way to correct that is? Playing with Connor McDavid. No kidding. Mm. That might help. It could help. I would I would honestly net 12 goals playing with Connor McDavid. And I'm a defenseman. <laughs> like, Well, I think the way I would look at it if I was Calgary is they weren't looking to rep- – get another a better James Neal they were looking to add someone who has that that grit that sandpaper type element to their game they got a lot of guys who can score goals they proved that last year with James Neal not scoring yeah and then what they they need is someone who can bully around other players especially when in the playoffs their stars are getting bullied around so you know yeah they lost that trade for sure um but they got another dynamic that they've been lacking for a long time. Um, maybe since, you know, maybe Michael Furland was maybe the last guy I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so, you- yeah, it's not great. But, um, you know, the, the rest of the team should be doing the scoring. Did you write that article? No. <laughs> but they didn't make that trade knowing that Milan no. Lucic is going to score 30 goals. Everything you said is 100% what Calgary was thinking. But you know why Johnny Guder will never be protected by Milan Lucic? Milan Lucic will never play on his line. Exactly. Well, those guys never really play on the superstars line. They go out there on a on a offensive zone faceoff or a neutral zone faceoff and tell someone they're going to get their face caved in. Oh yeah, it's true, and I, I know how that works. But in a playoff game, you don't have throwaway shifts. That's not a thing. Well, you can't have it. I mean, we're we're all slightly premature for the playoffs, but yeah, Calgary's got to get Calgary, there. Calgary, yeah, Calgary traded for what they were trying to achieve, and I guess they thought James Neal was the most expendable player, or someone that <laughs> anyone would have taken. Uh, uh, I can't even speak right now. Oh my god, you can. The never Oilers speak. would have taken anybody, but then they see James Neal come across the trade floor, and yeah, they were probably jumping. Yep, nice little reclamation project. Yeah, uh, the Red Wings only play once before we uh, next get on the podcast with you guys. They have Toronto on Saturday in Detroit, and Thoughts they have and Montreal prayers. tonight. Yeah, oh, right, prayers. yeah, Montreal tonight, where they haven't won in regulation since two thousand and seven. Right, get your uh, car ribbons out. Oh man, uh, I want to announce very quickly. We have a uh, we had a giveaway sponsored by um, Everett on Twitter. He's born to Dan Hart, I believe is his handle. Uh, he's working with us, uh, basically sponsoring these giveaways. We're going to be giving away tickets to the Red Wings games throughout the year. Now these are tickets to just go see the Red Wings. Um, the first giveaway is for October twenty second. The Vancouver Canucks. Drum roll, please. The winner is. Corey Fitzgerald at Snipes underscore Stitches is the winner uh, of a ticket to go see the Vancouver Canucks in Detroit on October 22nd. So congratulations, Corey. Thank you, Everett. Go follow Everett on Twitter. Um, it's a really fun thing that we are able to do this year. We're looking forward to giving away more tickets. Uh, talking about next episode, it's going to be another Monday episode. Uh, in case you guys didn't know. It is the Canadian version of Thanksgiving, notably less football. So, yes, we know it's worse. But we do get the day off. So that'll be coming at you Monday. We'll figure out the exact time. How many days does America take off for Thanksgiving? Like three, four? Really? It's like Thursday to Sunday, isn't it? Oh, good for them. 
What are you gonna show me, Brad? I'm gonna get you to play a game. You know how Elliot used to Elliot Friedman used to throw out those weird abbreviations for NHL teams? Oh yeah. Yeah. Has it started one, again? One to yeah. eight is ridiculous. Yeah, uh who's playing here, Ryan? <laughs> Does that <laughs> that sounds like a slur. L- sorry, that sounds like Ling Meefs? Yeah, Ling is playing the Meefs. Uh someone's playing the Maple Leafs. I, I think I got Meefs as Maple Leafs. Yeah. Uh, Ling. So if it's Maple Leafs, it means it's the the team's nickname. Yeah. So um, Ling, Ling Meefs. Maybe I'll. I'm gonna cheat. No, you have three seconds to get this. Sorry, it's an Eastern Conference team. I'll give you. Oh, that. lightning! The it's the lightning. Lightning. Ling Meefs. Who's the Meefs? Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That one's obscure. Elliot's weird, man. Ling. I love Elliot. That's that that bit when he started out. Like he just got like a random one wrong. I think he kept calling Winnipeg win. Wasn't it Calgary too? Cal instead of CGY, but Cal. And those oh, when people do that, I'm just like, that's not what it is. My favorite one of his his biggest troll last year was when Colorado played Columbus. Oh, and he put call call. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the start of the season has provided for some interesting storylines. Edmonton's 3-0, of course. Um, San Jose, 0-4. And they just signed a guy who wasn't playing hockey uh, at the start of the season. And he's playing on their first line. That's Patrick Marlowe. He's back with San Jose. And I know I'm removing the mystique from that or the, the prestige because they got Patty Marlowe back. But he's not a first-line hockey player anymore. No, he's not. That's how you know things are bad there. Things got bad quick. Fun little aside uh, on Marlowe before we get to the aside. I I might have the exact numbers wrong, but I know I'm at least close. Uh, If Patrick Marlowe plays every game for the rest of this season, and I think it's 38 games next season, he breaks Gordy's all-time games played record. Do you think he's going to play all 82 games or the rest of the games? He's got the second longest Ironman streak going in the NHL right now. Yeah. So maybe. Um, I also saw some debate as to whether it counts as an Ironman streak. Uh, the NHL clarified because he was not under contract, it will count. Yeah, which is the right move, of course. A hundred percent. He wanted a contract. You can only play when you can play. Yeah. Um, for example, Brad has no elite prospects page right now because he didn't have a contract, but now presumably he will. Yes. What are they going to pay you in Hot Cheetos? I... Actually, if they pay in Hot Cheetos, let me know. <laughs> I'll start practicing. Uh, what other storylines? Buffalo has been good. Jack Eichel, real good at hockey. Yeah, of course. Everyone forgets this every year. Jack Eichel's... He's already been in the league. I think this is his sixth season. He's been in the league as long as Connor McDavid. So there's a reference. Yeah, he came in really fast. Um, Who else? St. Louis is leading the West. Or sorry, they're leading their division. uh, Good team remains good. More at six. Boston, Toronto. Detroit's on a playoff spot. I can't believe it. With a positive goal differential, Ryan. Plus one. They're in the second put. They're in they the were second. what minus sixty five last year. Enjoy it, Ryan. We've got to we got to be worse than that this year. Uh, yeah. No, I think at this point last year we're already like a minus six. So you know what? This probably is played Tampa three times Wasn't by it? now. Last season, correct me if I'm wrong. That was the Detroit had one win in their first ten games. It was bad. It was a bad start to the year. So they're already improved. Well, Tampa Bay's uh, one one and one. They've been playing some pretty bad hockey. Did you see that game against Carolina? No. Tampa's game against Carolina. What were the scoring chances? I don't remember, but I know Tampa had 11 shots on net in the first period. Zero in the second. How's that possible? Two in the third and zero in overtime. That is embarrassing. 
How do you as a coach let that happen? How do you as players let that happen? And mind you, Carolina has a phenomenal defensive core, and they're going to do this to a lot of teams this year. Yeah, but have you seen Tampa's offense? Alleged yeah. offense. They're all right. That Here's the thing, too, why I can't fully buy in on Carolina. I like hey, Peter Morazic. I like <laughs> I like Morazic and Reimer, but man, does that tandem scare me? They out they held Tampa to two shots on net through the final three periods of hockey in that game, and it went to overtime. Um, Morazic Reimer is legitimately what most of my fantasy hockey lineup goaltending looks like. I have like. Hellebuck and Martin Jones right now. How in about a world of pain? Carter Hart got a uh, shutout against you, and I didn't start him. Ouch. Yeah. That's yeah, a free category, basically. Yeah, this is why I don't win fantasy hockey is because I'm so bad at setting it every day. I think last year I had Vasilevsky and he was going on a tear at one point and I, I was like, oh, he's playing Toronto. Like, it's not going to be a great game. So I've started my other goalie. He, like, had like a like a 45 save shutout. You you start Vasilevsky every game he's playing. You have to. Oh, yeah. You absolutely oh, have oh, to. Oh, I'll have a good night tonight with goalies. I have uh, Carey Price starting tonight. Who's he playing? Detroit. This is going to be the game where somebody just goes off. Yeah, Um, Mantha's getting five tonight. God, I hope so. Well, hold on, because in um, at the home opener, Mantha had four of his family members come down to the game, and he scored four. Montreal is his hometown game, so I expect him to score roughly thirty-seven tonight. Yeah, just about like sixteen to nineteen goals tonight, and that should put him ahead of James Neal and Austin Matthews for a few games. Yeah, we are going to head over to overtime. Overtime. On this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Motor City Garages, a local uh, company that we are very excited to partner with. Uh, They're family-owned and operated, servicing Metro Detroit. Uh, Their services include garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage, car lifts, and improving your team's defensive core. They're actually working on that last one, but maybe in the future they'll be able to. Uh, Enough of the messy garages when everyone is sick, uh, that everyone's sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car in there, or if you'd like an organized space, or maybe even a man cave to watch your Red Wings games. Uh, I hate the phrase man cave, by the way. It's ma- is it man shaming to you? No. What? It's an no. inclusive zone? No, it's just like it feels gross. A, a remi- a man cave makes me think of something, a place that doesn't get clean. So what would you call it? I don't know, just like a... Bro zone? No. <laughs> no. That sounds... <laughs> bro zone layer. Yeah. Uh, 3D designs and a lifetime warranty on everything. Uh, park and style, Motor City Garages. Uh, we're going to head over to Overtime brought to you by Motor City Garages, which are uh, the patrons uh, are... Let me try that again. Overtime is Patreon exclusive for midweek episodes. You can just say brought to you by Motor City Garages and our patrons. And our patrons. Um, the There's been so many Patreon, Patreon comments that we've actually not had a lot of our Reddit and Twitter comments. But don't worry, we're going to get back to that uh, for our, sign up, our Sunday episodes. Clayton Van Dyken says, hey, guys, I broke out of Twitter jail. So I'm finally I'm glad to finally be able to follow you guys again. Also, I figured you'd be flooded with comments after the opener last episode. So I'm glad I waited a little bit to get to this one. Ryan, the other day I saw a post from Mel about an apple cider and her spice, an apple cider and spice whiskey combo. That sounds absolutely amazing. Do you or her have any other good mixed drink recipes for the fall? That apple cider and spice whiskey is unreal. It's cider and pumpkin spice whiskey. It's nuts how good it is. And uh, yeah, that's a go-to. You can always make some hot toddies or like mulled wine or something. Mulled wine's a classic. Yeah. Let me just say thank you guys so much for your part in building this awesome community. I hope you guys realize how great it is to have you three in our lives, even in as limited a capacity as uh, a podcast. When times are tough with the Red Wings, I can at least look forward to an entertaining show. 
Hell, when times are tough outside of the wings, I can always look forward to the show for a distraction at very least. Although we may poke fun uh, and tease you guys, I hope you understand that it's all in good fun out of love. Here's looking forward to another season of the Dub Dub Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. That got sappy, eh? Let me ruin the mood a little. (laughs) (laughs) You got to put a character limit on some of these comments. That was incredibly kind, Clayton. Thank you. And no, I'm not reading out. (laughs) He's intentionally putting in things for me to read out to make me sound ridiculous. And I win this one. You said a nice thing. Thank you. Uh, Jacob Lozen says, to quote an Edmonton fan on Reddit, the boytha has become the mantha. Cheesy yet true. It's not that I doubted what you dud duds were saying, but I just don't have the eye for talent that you have. I didn't see Mantha's ceiling being that high. To take the words out of Brad's mouth, this is just a sample size. But if he keeps it up, I'd say you hit the nail right on the head. I hope he can keep this pace and break 40, if not 50. Thanks for all you fellas do. I get pumped to see that a new episode is dropped, and I make it a point to download it as soon as possible for listening in the car. Most of all, thank Officer Chris. Thank you, Officer Crisco, for your dedication to serve and protect. As always, hashtag safe rest cheese bags. Grand Rapids meetup, Grand Rapids meetup, Grand Rapids meetup, Grand Rapids meetup. We have a tentative date. We're we working on it. Yes. We do? You need to yes. inform me of this, Ryan. Yep. Uh, Is it after yes. January 1st? Yes. It needs to be. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How much after January 1st? We'll talk about it. January 2nd. It has 2nd. to work for everyone. I don't want to say anything Fourth. on the air. I'm not saying. Everett Johnson says, Hola, dub, dud, dub, dud, studs. It is time to play a new game called The Revisionist Wrangle. Dr. Emmett Brown has taken Evan's future RS3 and modified it to allow for time travel. It can only be used to travel back to either the summer of 2019 or the summer of 2018, where you'll be able to arrange ping pong balls such that the Red Wings win the draft lottery. Brad and Ryan, one of you select 2018, the other select 2019. Make your case for why your choice would be the most beneficial for the Red Wings. I did on Darlene. God damn it. <laughs> All right, I'll make the case for Jack Hughes. Evan, after listening to the arguments made by both Brad and Ryan, select a winner. Jack Hughes should be a number one center of the NHL. It's literally the most valuable position. Uh, it makes Dylan Larkin the second line center for the Red Wings, which immediately makes him absolutely filthy down the middle. It's that's the old that's oh. you're filthy down the middle. Thank you. <laughs> that's my very concise argument. Rasmus Dahlin is currently one of the leading defensive scorers in the NHL at the age of 19. He's a generational talent. Defensemen don't move like him. The Red Wings don't have a number one defenseman in the system. Mort Sider looks good. Rasmus Dahlin is infinitely better. Rasmus Dahlin is everything the Red Wings need and are missing. I wanted to do Delene for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, Delene's kind of a, the easy one. Look, I, I actually think Jack Hughes has a like it's 50-50 on who's going to end up being better and it's going to be a completely subjective question. They're two completely different positions. But everyone knows me. I I desperately want another Nicholas Strom on this team. If there was one position we could use more than the other based on our current prospects, I would say Rasmus Delene fits a maybe a lar- much larger need and would make our defensive picture a little bit more clear. Uh, I'll pose an equally meaningless but fun for me questions over the course of the season, doing my best to give each of you equal opportunity to judge and argue. I'll keep score, and the winner at the end of the season will receive a prize. Man, em- <laughs> Everett's just handed things Is out. Is it a stay fresh cheese bag? We already have one of those. <laughs> uh, Mark says, I know you guys enjoy uniform talk, so I have a question about the Canadian international uniforms and their black sweaters. Why do they have um, a primary black uniform when there's no black in Canada's colors? Seems to me the only country should ha- who should have a black uniform is Germany. I understand having some black trim, but the whole thing being black is a bit much. It's like they're trying to be the scary black team trope from the stupid Mighty Ducks movies. First of all, take that last line back. Uh, sorry I couldn't make the meetup. I would have loved to have been there. 
but the hockey I pay to play is more important than the hockey I pay to spectate. You understand. I'm glad it was a success. Perhaps I'll make the Griffins meet up if it's not on a league night. Oh, man, definitely get your ice time in for sure. Uh, so anyways, I don't think the, the black ones are in Canada's primaries. They usually wear third. them. Yeah, it's a third. They're filthy. They're so. If you don't like those, we can't speak anymore. There's all black jerseys that are bad. Those are very well done. Like, all, not New Zealand. All not black. New Zealand. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Every one of New Zealand's all black kits are beautiful. It yeah. do, it doesn't have to make sense. It's just aesthetics. Um, I mean, Canada once had blue in yeah. their international we uniforms way back when. So these are far from the most outside the box that you could have, but eh, it works. I, I have no issues with it as a Canadian. Joseph Delia says, snap back to reality. Oh, there's a giveaway. Oh, there's a penalty. Oh, Ernie sits for cross-checking. With the lack of depth scoring, why both sit and, uh, why not sit N and give Svetch a shot? At least the fourth line has some scoring chances. I know we're not going to get much through price, so my question is, when do you think Big Brain Blash will slip up the first line, split up the first line? Thanks, my dudes. I said first three-game losing streak, so we're a third of the way there. Ryan Brown says, I was listening to Spit and Chicklets when they were doing the Atlantic Division preview, and they said a guy like Jonathan Erickson will be a good trade piece around the deadline. Literally couldn't stop laughing. Best humor I've had yet. We didn't talk about Erickson. Very quickly, um, Brad Galley put out today that they have no timeline for his return. Again, I've said this before. This is pure speculation. This is nothing reportable. I have a feeling we're not going to see much of Erickson this season, if anything. When you need to describe someone's injuries with three commas, that's probably not good. The guy's been beat up over the years, like beat up. Um, or this could be Steve Eisenman saying, if you want an office job next year, you damn well better not play this year. <laughs> He's an incredibly smart guy, too. He would do well in a front office role. Oh, you, when we were in the arena and they were doing that, uh, who were the three people you'd want to have dinner with? Jonathan Erickson was just on a different plane yeah. from everybody else who was giving their answers. Tyler like- Bruce is like Dwayne Johnson and... Erickson's over here. Who was it? Barack Obama, Elon Musk, and, and the Dalai Lama. It's like, yeah, you can tell this guy read books. He's, reads books. He's you know? the galaxy brain hockey player for sure. Eddie says, what's up, boys? First time patron number 201. That's right. We passed 200, which means in a few episodes, Jersey giveaway. Oh, my God. Definitely not going to ask a hockey question. So favorite food, go. Oh, poutine. It's always poutine for me. Chips. Nice. That's not really food, but. Chips? I, I have an addiction to chips. Brad's is Chinese food. Moving on. No. Uh, <laughs> no, my well my answer is not interesting. I I appreciate a good steak. I love tacos. Oh, like, yeah. I'm having tacos for dinner tonight. Like like really good tacos. Uh Evan Beckner says gentlemen, let's discuss uh, he's he wrote offsides instead of offside in this entire comment. I can see it. Um <laughs> Uh, talks about how Mantha might have been in a centimeter offside, but did it affect the play? It the, did not. If the challenge didn't exist, no one would have looked twice at Mantha skates and correct. The zone. Uh, but because they're upset, because the NHL is obsessed with the right call, they lost out on what surely would have been a top ten goal on Sports Center. Yep, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I might be a bit biased at the moment, but offside should be not reviewable. After that call, the Red Wings lost all momentum. The crowd was lost completely. I can live with Matt Duchesne being 10 feet offside every once every few seasons if it means all these ticky-tacky reviews disappear. Preach. Rowan says, oh boy, this is a lengthy one. Uh, yeah, it might be time for a character limit. You had a good idea, Evan. I know. 
Uh, Rowan says... 200 characters. That's how many patrons we have. Uh, Good day, Dud Duds. Will Canada have been bundled out of the Rugby World Cup after being flattened by South Africa, which was entirely expected given, given the talent gulf between the two, as well as Canada having to play a man down for 44 minutes after another red card, one of the few deserving in the tournament. Anyways, an incoming typhoon has cancelled a couple of final pool games, and it is threatening at least one more. They are get man, rugby is wild. There are games that would have had an effect on the quarterfinals via standings and could mean the end of Scotland. Bizarrely, there's no contingency, and I can't recall the last time an international game was ever cancelled. Came close in 95, which was really weird. As someone who watches all, almost every sport I watch is inside a stadium, it, this is weird. Uh, the Rugby World Cup update has been brought to you by Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. When you need one of your soldiers to slap Brad at the meetup, place your wish into a Stay Fresh Cheese Bag, post it on the Twitter machine, and wait for the goodness to play out on camera. Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, a Fournier company and definitely typhoon proof. Oh yeah, hockey. Can't believe the Red Wings tactic of relying on a single line and decent goaltending came unstuck. And how about that offsides, Ryan? Also good to see Brad's beloved Dallas Stars get their first win of the season. Congrats, mate. Got another big game versus Calgary Thursday night. Enjoying the second parody account that you've created in another desperate grasp at relevance and popularity. Jersey time. Best Canucks jersey from their home opener. Say fresh cheese bags. Oh. Did they all like have all different jerseys out there? So the you know how they were uh players were coming up from every era? Oh, they yeah, had yeah. every jersey represented. They had the V, they had the spaghetti skate, they had the <sighs> I'm not the right person to ask about these. I know I have the wrong opinion on these jerseys. I, th- I think the V and the spaghetti skate are both. Look, the spaghetti skate <laughs> jersey is a nice jersey. I don't like the logo. I'll say that. Oh, that's a bad take. That's a classic I know, I know, logo. I know. I don't think it's. I, I love this. It goes in order. Spaghetti skate. The early 2000s, whatever, Marcus Nasland, Todd Bertuzzi era jerseys. The V. Than their current ones. I I would move their current ones so much further up the list if they got rid of that stupid Vancouver scrawled across the chest. Just the the logo. You have a beautiful logo, Vancouver. Just embrace it. Uh, Hunter Saunders says, it feels good that Hironic is proving me correct. I've been on his hype train since his Saginaw days. Makes me feel good about myself since I was so wrong about Brendan Smith and Timu Paul Cannon. Appears that everyone does get one and a horny goat man is mine. That is all. Adam Flett says, morning all. You boys got... Uh, spot that Peter Check of Chelsea and Arsenal game has signed for an English ice hockey league team. Yeah, I saw that. What the hell? Yeah. Apparently, he played hockey as a kid, so it's not foreign to him. But lower division. But he says he's now living out a dream. Also, thanks to Brad the cop for mentioning Letter Kenny. We don't get it in the UK, but I'm watching all the YouTube clips. I can. Fuck Shorzy. Stay <laughs> fresh cheese bags. We should just have a Patreon episode where we just quote Shorzy for 30 straight minutes. Garrett TV says, hey, hockey amigos, do you guys remember the one time that you had 20, like 20 Patreon supporters and you committed to always reading out their comments on air guaranteed as your way of saying thank you? And then that one time when now you have over 200 Patreon supporters and you have to spend like 40 minutes on overtime reading through our semi-poignant, often babbling posts. Haha, <laughs> Furkers. No, seriously, though, I've been wondering for years how long you actually continue to read everyone's posts, but you're still doing it good on you it's part of the reason i caved and support this awesome mishmash of hockey punditry uh but now to hear you're sponsored by labat holy hell that was super cool to hear uh but not the least bit unexpected major kudos first of all thank you that means a ton um i know i just mentioned the character limit don't worry nothing is there a question in there he's i'm yeah he has a question but i'm just commenting on this first uh we never thought we'd get this big no 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 and um i want you guys to know that we will never ever get away from making you guys the centerpiece of this because you are why this show exists. Um, 
yeah, they're getting lengthy the overtime. And I, in my head, I'm like, we should maybe work to not curtail this, but work with it a little bit. But I also don't want to like, you know, put in a character limit and stop you guys from saying what you want to say. Like, this is something that you support and this is something that you shell out the cash for. And I want you guys to be rewarded. So what do you guys think is the best way to handle it in case overtime does get too lengthy? Or do you think it's too long? Or do you think there's no such thing as a too long of an overtime? Let us know. I have an idea, but we'll talk about it off air. Um, Oh, my question. How uh, long before you talking heads are dropping knowledge on wings for breakfast? Those highbrow journalists still don't know about consuming fruit in the shower. <laughs> Cheers. Let's go Red Wings. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, Max and Prashant are good friends of ours and we're always down to go on there. So uh, their show is just starting up. But yeah, hopefully definitely looking forward to uh, having more crossover content with them soon. Matt Benson says, greeting my friends in the north. Let me start by saying I'm super cl- glad I chose a Ronick jersey at the home opener. Looks like a stud. But my question isn't about the studs, it's about the duds. This team is loaded with fourth-line wingers, fourth-liners, and depth D-men. I have a real feeling some will be moved. Of our bottom six slash depth D, who do you guys think will be gone by the deadline? D? Yeah. That's who wants them? Yeah, that's the... Green uh, is the only name I could see. Daily, if he's healthy, I could see fetching a conditional seventh for a team that's really screwed. Yeah. Who was it? Someone even... Friedman even reported that a team looking for depth D would be looking at Detroit right now. He put that in his 31 thoughts, which was interesting. Come on down, Winnipeg. I mean, they're not going to get Chalosky, Heronic, or... That's pretty much that's it. it. That's it. Um, unless they're probably not DeKaiser. Very high price. I could, I could honestly see people coming after DeKaiser. You think people take that contract? Uh, yes. Milan Lucic got sold. People the, might fair. actually may, maybe throw some interest at Bowie. Maybe. Maybe. Could. They could definitely. Um, look, last year I said there's no way DeKaiser gets moved. This year DeKaiser has a season and potentially another one under his belt where he continues to regress back to, up to the mean, which means he's playing okay hockey. And he's he'll never be earning that contract, but he'll at least be playing better. Defense is hard to come by, and if teams overvalue him, I could absolutely see them paying up. I don't see Detroit moving him. Detroit, uh, DeKaiser and Nemeth are the only two veteran defensemen this team have who are under contract past this season. They're going to have to keep somebody. Yep, but Eisenman will also say, if I can get a great asset for Danny DeKaiser and I get a ton more cap space, I could see him making that ballsy move. Deka- DeKaiser, as he is, with his contract as he is, does he get more than a fourth-round pick? Look, get, uh, Milan Lucic got James Neal. Yeah, but James Neal is coming off a six-goal season. He was still James Neal. Yeah, I'm I think just, that's more than Danny DeKaiser had. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't, I don't see. Again, nobody will turn down the right offer. I'd sell everybody on the Red Wings for the right price. I just don't see that right price coming down for DeKaiser. Uh, Joshua Bazura says, "Did you guys hear Biz? Oh, it's talking about how Daly Erickson and Green could get <laughs> trade bait. How they were talking about that on Spit and Chicklets." Um, kind of blew my mind. I know Green has always gotten attention when he's not hurt, and some people were sniffing around on Daly because not everyone realizes how useless he's become. But is the secret out on Erickson? Figured it was, but kind of hearing that made me think. What are your guys' thoughts? Obviously, it would never be anything more than a third or a fourth, except for maybe Green. Keep up the good work. Look, if uh, Columbus was ready to trade a seventh for Cronwell last year, so I'm not going to say no one will ever have any interest, but Erickson's hurt. If he even comes back this year, it'll be surprising if anyone has interest in that. And also, let's not forget, we've talked about this before. Like, I, I love the Chicklets podcast, um, but none of those guys follow the Red Wings more than passively. They have no idea what's going on here. Most national beat writers who it's, whose job it is to cover hockey for a living don't know the intricacies of what's going on with the Red Wings because 
why would anybody other than Red Wings fans be paying attention to the Red Wings right now? Legitimately. Like, that's like us paying attention to, I don't know, who's a bad, irrelevant, non-Canadian team in the West right now? It's just... Um, San Jose. <laughs> it's like us, like, all of a sudden, like, Arizona. focusing on Arizona. It's yeah. just, well, you, Arizona's you don't. not bad, but I get your point. But yeah, so, of course, would we be able to talk at length about Arizona's top six and forwards and top four defense? Probably. But if you go past that... Oh, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know who's going in and out of the lineup. I don't know what's going on with their depth defensemen. So I uh, look at Cap Friendly and see who's up at the end of the year. Russ Parsons mentions a fantasy hockey Discord channel. Yes, anyone who's in the league, we'll add to the Discord. Um, we'll make a Discord channel for that. Joseph Fournier says, quote of last episode brought to you by Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. David Pope is aggressively guy from me, Ryan Hanna. <laughs> Evan, thanks for the tip on the Eagle artillery. Corner cap friendly, St. Louis will now have $7.72 million in cap space next year, not including bonuses and RFAs, Robbie Fabry, Samuel Blaze, and Mackenzie McEachern. So where does that leave righty defenseman Alex Petrangelo? Green, Daly, and Erickson are coming off the books. Does Eisman have the cap space after re-signing our RFAs? Is this feasible? Uh, oh, he has a cap space. That's not going to be an issue. Um, they are not going to let their captain go. They're not going to let him go. And again, Detroit in the position that they are probably, as good as Petrangelo is, probably shouldn't be looking at a 30-year-old defenseman unless he's a generational talent. Though Petrangelo's a great defenseman, he's not what, one of the generational guys that you just get by any means. Thanks for the shout-out on the Biega take. After slim victories against two backup goalies, I see we've come back down to earth after legit starter John Gibson. Time to yield for Byfield. You guys are never dud-duds. In my hearts, you'll always be stud-studs. Guess Stay. who's going to the game on Monday for Kitchener, who they play, Sudbury. Who? Oh. That's this Monday? Yeah. Yeah, I got to get tickets. Uh, there are many lefts, but there were some. Crap. I didn't realize they were playing Sudbury so soon. Arjun Shanker says, I have a theory. They can't make Larkin captain yet because he doesn't have a con Smythe. They forgot to have to name a captain without one because Zetterberg and Lidstrom had theirs first, and it's been so long. That's Actually, he's solved the entire case. Eisman's like, we literally can't do it. There's no button for this. Well, he'll have it next year then. No worries. Absolutely. Don Mitchell says, after listening to a certain Leaf Heavy uh, podcast, the hosts keep talking about their personal Mount Rushmore. Not only did neither of them have Mr. Howe on theirs, but not one of them had the nerve to say Mike, or one of them had the nerve to say Mike Bossy is top five ever, and that what? Gordy wasn't dynamic enough. What? Shaking my freaking head. Was that Steve? I don't know. Uh, uh, the the Mount Rushmore of hockey, if we're all being honest here, is clear, crystal clear, and not much room for debate. It's Gretzky, Gretzky, Lemieux, Howe, 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 and Orr. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. Those are the four. That's it. You can put your personal number four on there if you want, but if we're just talking about the sport as a whole, nobody's had a bigger influence than those four. That's it. That's the Mount Rushmore. Uh, just finished my drafting my winter men's league team last night. I'm pretty sure the dustier pigeons will go undefeated. I asked, uh, and if either of you fly to Omaha, if asked either of you, if either of you fly to Omaha, you can sub in. So let me know. Thanks, guys, and let's hope tonight's game against Montreal is fun to watch. Oh yeah, I was gonna fly, you know, to the Rockies or Florida. I think I stop in Omaha, Nebraska. You were in Jackson not that long ago. How far is that? Jackson is one of the most underrated. It, I, the fact that a lot of people don't know where that is is absurd because it is the nicest place I've ever been. Justin Klinsky says, at the dud dud after party, somebody whose name I com have completely forgotten. Sorry, cool guy. Hot take was that Athens CU would be traded. We kept thinking of teams that would trade for him and Nashville kept popping up. Thoughts? Also, I'm proud to say that I was able to shut up Brad. You're welcome, world. Uh, who would trade for Athens CU? Uh, 28 teams in the league. Edmonton Oilers. 
Yeah. Would be. Uh, that's the one that's been theory crafted for two years, probably. Yeah. Pick any winger in the league who's possibly on the market, and the Edmonton would be smart to trade for them. Or you can pick up Hosang and Sprong. <laughs> Uh, that's it for this episode. It's a little bit of a shorter one. We're going to go rush to watch the Red Wings game. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening into this podcast. Uh, again, be sure to give us any feedback on the, the sound of production, uh, patrons, uh, consider what we talked about before with, uh, overtime and how that's going to change and evolve or any ideas you have for that. Uh, we'd like to thank all of our patrons, our name level sponsors, Sky Carcass, Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Don Mitchell, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Kalen Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Antonio Lupu, Ian Bush, Rob Thiel, Stan Olson, Mike DiLoretto, and Hannah Lee, and Ryan Lewis. Thank you all so much. We will see you on Canadian Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.